Welcome to the Lex City Church Podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Lex City, please visit LexCity.Church. Well, welcome to week one of our color series. We're so looking forward to the next few weeks together. And, and our goal is really this, is to help you to be, to be able to identify who God has uniquely created you to be your unique temperament that you have and just how you're wired along those ways. And, and the end result of, of having that self-understanding and self-awareness is, is the ability then to you, for you to be far more effective in impacting and in influencing and sharing with people into really getting to know them in a way. And so the, the end goal is not just inward, but it is outward. And in the final week of this four-week series that we're going to do this year, we're going to really focus this last part on if, how our colors relate to children. If you're a parent or a grandparent, if you've got younger siblings or nieces and nephews, that fourth week is going to be really helpful because this is what we know, that the words we say shape the next generation. There's power in the words that we say and how we share them, and we're going to see that a little bit later uh, today. The second goal for our time together of these next four weeks is really what Zach shared earlier. It's for us as a church to create some common language, just our ability to understand each other and be able to communicate that better. So if you are... Uh, if you're on one of our serving teams or if you're on uh, one of our elected committees or in you're in your life group, we're going to have common language that's going to allow you to hopefully have a little more insight and give us words to continue to get to know each other better. And so, so many of you are new since the last time we did this series. And so, again, we wanted to bring it back to kind of create that kind of common ground that we have. And out of this, hopefully, every next four weeks, out of this self-awareness, this, this inner peace that comes with understanding who I am and how God has uniquely created me and being at peace with that, it's going to allow us to meet the needs of others out of a strength that comes from knowing that. The Apostle Paul understood this, and he, and he said it this way, our key verse for the series, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, says, do not let any unwholesome thought come out of your mouth but only what is helpful for building others up according, here's the key, to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Right? Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but speak in such a way that it's beneficial to the person that you're speaking to. And the only way you're going to understand what is beneficial to them is to understand how they hear and receive their colors are going to help you along that process. So what we want to do at the end of this thing, right? We want to be able to say the right words in the right way at the right time in order to be beneficial to others. But here's the challenge. It sounds so good and so easy, but it begins here, right? It's, it's the person in the mirror that at some point we've got to come to a sense of peace about. We've got to come to a point of accepting. And I don't know about you, this is the hardest part, right? This is the vulnerable part. This is the part that takes some work and effort and self-awareness to say, I need to understand this person first because once I have a peace and understanding here, then my ability to have impact out here is greater. If I can't find peace here, it's gonna be really hard for me to have consistent, effective impact with the people around us. So in order to help that again, uh, you've got a card that shares you some... Uh, gives you some places you can go to kind of take some assessments and different ways to help you kind of understand your temperament and the ways that you do that. And I uh, just want to encourage you to get opportunity to be able to do that as you take about those and you think about the things that we're going to share about today. Can I encourage you, the framework to think about it is this. I, I want you to take off all the hats and all the, the, the different things that you 
I'm a parent, I'm a, I do this at job. Take off all those hats, and as you answer and think about where you fall on these colors, think about them in the context of this. Who am I at my best self, right? At, when I'm at my best, this is how I respond. When I'm at my best, this is how I think about those things. And that begins to kind of form your, your go. As we're going to go through some of these over time, you're going to see a couple of these that are just going to be obvious. That is not me. Cross those off. You, but most of them, you're going to have a clear one, it's me. If you have two that you like, oh, I think maybe I'm this, I'm maybe that, that's going to tell you a little bit what your primary and what your secondary strength is. And we'll talk about those temperaments as we go and we go. Now, as we take these, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to take that, and when you're finished, you're going to have this color, and we know this because this is what happened a few years ago. You're going to be like, mm, not so sure I like this color, and I'm going to retake this again. And because uh, I'm going to need to do it again to try to figure out what I, I want to be something different. Unless, of course, you're yellow, because you already think you're awesome and uh, this assessment just confirmed it. I knew it all the time. Uh, it's good to have it in writing, so I know that, right? If you're red, you're publicly gonna say, ooh, I don't really like this one, it makes me feel bossy. But inside you know that you were born to lead and you're like, well, that's really who I am. But you know, we don't wanna say it, so I get that, you know. Blues, uh, blues, you're, you've never really quite totally fit, felt like you fit in totally and nobody kinda gets you and this assessment's just gonna kinda confirm it. I'm, oh, I'm great, but I just, you know, I don't quite fit in all these kinda things. Uh, if you're green, uh, you're gonna just wish you had everybody else's strengths, but you're not gonna worry about it till tomorrow. I mean, that's kinda how it's gonna roll. And uh, so just take this, have a little fun. As you go through it. And if you're not familiar uh, with this concept of the, of the colors, uh, Kathleen Edelman uh, has a whole series that we were able to, to do a couple of years ago. And uh, so over these next four weeks, we're going to give you little snippets as she is leading a group of folks through some discussion on this. Now, the great thing is Kathleen is going to be here. She's going to be part of our 99 conference that we've got coming in September. And so we really want you to get to know her a little bit through this series and really be anticipating uh, she comes in September. In September, her real focus is on how do we deal with our children and our grandchildren based on their colors. It's a fascinating series that she's going to put together. So that's going to be coming there. And as we get to know the group that you're going to get to see over these next four weeks, ladies, if you are at the IF conference you might recognize our favorite yellow from this video series. So let's take a moment, and hopefully you can identify, maybe this is a little bit closer to maybe the color of who I am. So let's go around and tell a little bit about yourself. Me tell first. me, you, of course, you <laughs> first. <laughs> you okay. first. My name is Tony. I'm 26. Mm -hmm. I'm newly married, and I have a little toddler. How old? She's three and a half. Three and She's half. like four. I probably didn't say four now. Okay. Her oh, name? Yeah. Dylan. Dylan. Love that name. Strongwood Blessing. Okay. Swag. Oh, you know, you know what it <laughs> is. I know, I know. And why do you know? Um, so my youngest is three. Okay. And very strong -willed. So um, I'm Jeremy. I'm 40. I ha have been married for 15 years. I've got three kids, eight, five, and three. Um, two boys and a girl. That's great. Tell me a little bit about you. I'm Leslie. It's none of your business what my age is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, um, I have um, a husband. Okay. Uh, we've been married 30 years. I have five children. Wow. And have started the next chapter of mm -hmm. also having grandchildren. So I've got an 18-month-old grandson and a 15-month-old granddaughter. Andrew. Yeah, I'm Andrew, 25. Uh -huh. um, no, not married. Okay. No kids or grandkids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good news. It's me. <laughs> good. We're going to learn about temperaments. We're going to learn about your innate wiring from God. 
And what happens there is you have a core motivator. You have core um, unique gifts that he's given you. He's given you strengths and weaknesses. Just a, a little bit about the temperaments to start with, though. Two of you are extroverts. That does not <laughs> that does not mean that we like to fight you around a lot of people. It means that your thoughts and emotions go outward, okay? Mm -hmm. These people have no filter. So they may say something, right? And then they may say something like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or they just needed to know, okay? Mm -hmm. We're going to work on the extroverts to put a little bit thicker filter on. Then there's two of you who are introverts. Hence, thoughts and emotions go inward, okay? Wow. Processors. The, I happen to be one of these people that like to think things through before I talk, right? There's people who talk before they think, and then there's people who think before they talk, okay? Then there's people who are people-oriented. They will pick a person to be with before they pick a task to do. Mm -hmm. Then there's task-oriented people. They will pick a task over a person. Sometimes people are even tasks, right? Mm -hmm. So as we're explaining that a little bit, Sounding familiar on what you yeah, might I, be? I <laughs> You're starting to feel yeah. a little bit of a connection or identity, right? Yeah. So, or maybe some anxiety. <laughs> anxiety. Yeah. I feel like I got called out just, yeah, just a little bit. So you took the assessment. So this first step is acceptance. So Leslie's my choleric. She's the red. This person is motivated. Their desire is control and power. This person is strong. They're great delegators, they're dynamic leaders, they're quick in emergencies. The weaknesses, they can be a little bossy, intolerant or impatient, and maybe speak with a tone. I do not resemble that remark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk about that a little more in depth. Andrew, my fellow melancholy blue. Yes. yes. We are motivated by perfection and order, right? And we think analytical, um, logically, creative, musical, artistic, we can remember the negatives. Mm -hmm. Be hypochondriacs. Judgment and criticism are kind of things we struggle with. Our very calm and kind phlegmatic green, this would be Jeremy. The green is motivated by calm and harmony. This is a kind, innate person that's great at listening and mediating the weakness side avoids conflict, doesn't like confrontation, no sense of urgency. So we're gonna talk about that as well. The brightest the for yellow last. for last, <laughs> my sanguine friend, right? People yeah. and fun, Woo. creative, inspiring, encouraging. May forget uh, names, may put your hand up to volunteer and forget to show up, right? Maybe a little scatterbrained, but these are just high level, just ideas of what we're going to talk about. And I would like you to read through your strengths. Okay. I would love you to just tell me, Tony, what jumps out at you. When um, you're reading through those strengths, what, what jumps out at you? Okay. This is going to sound crazy, but popular. Okay. That, um, that jumps out? Yeah, it just jumps out. Right and what there. does that mean to you? Um, has a lot of friends. Yeah. Like loves community and lots of people mm -hmm. all the time. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Just want to hang out. The hands out? Um, the lives in the moment. Yeah. My husband calls me a momenteer. I'm just like, I want to juice up <laughs> everything I can get out of this moment right now. And um, you usually like to do that with people. Yes. Yes. With that would make people. it just that much better, right? That's right. Okay. Um, emotional, expressive, and animated is a big one mm -hmm. 
for sure. Somebody. Well, what I what I know about your temperament, though, is when we're talking about strengths and weaknesses, for the sanguine temperament, those strengths and weaknesses are very close together. Mm. So as we're going to move into the weaknesses, yeah. we'll see how close they are. But when you're talking about um, just being in the moment and doing that with people, what are you doing? How do you communicate with people? Um, definitely through words. Yeah. So I feel like I'm, it's like verbal. It's yeah. all verbal. Um, I love story. Mm -hmm. Like I want to talk about story. I want to yeah. know, I want to remember something unique about your story. I may not remember your name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'll remember your face and something about your story. Yeah. Tell me, Jeremy, tell me some of the strengths that jump out at you. Yeah, I'm sure. So I resonate with a lot of these generous, content, um, easygoing and relaxed leader, especially shepherd, that idea of Tell me about shepherd. that. Tell me about what, why, why, why does that particular word jump out at you? Um, the, the way that I like to lead people uh, is more of a shepherd kind of guiding people, mm -hmm. you know, listening to uh, their strengths and where that could fit, and then encouraging that, guiding that, mm -hmm. um, leading them to be able to be in a place of passion. Yeah. Um, so I hope you're seeing, even as we're talking right now, that both of these two, even as they're explaining their strengths, they're explaining them and the word people comes up over and over, mm -hmm. right? And it's in everything they've kind of directed so far. Um, so quiet but witty. Mm -hmm. um, I, I enjoy being called funny. Um, <laughs> steady, even-tempered, patient, meteor, or mediator, negotiator. Mm -hmm. Friendly. Your idea of story and your idea of story both came up with people, but differently, right? Yours is a caring and a guidance way, and yours is to remember and to include and invite, right? To be, I think you said about everybody to be your friend, right? <laughs> Andrew, did you have time to look through this? I, did. I purposely I appreciate gave you, giving you processing me time. time. <laughs> no, definitely. For strengths, I kind of starred analytical. Uh, works well alone and creative. Okay. The three that really stood out. To so me. you put analytical and creative together, yeah. which I love. But you do that, how do you do that in your daily life? Sure. Are, do, are they together or are they separate? How are you um, doing that? I think that at the root of me it's together, but I separate them in tasks and what I do. Like okay. I have a financial analyst job okay. where I'm focused on a lot of that, but then right. I also do stand-up comedy, oh, <laughs> which okay. is more of the creative side. Yeah. So it's interesting to kind of, some days I feel like I turn off my analytical brain and turn on the, the creative brain uh -huh. and kind of go back and forth. No, the works well alone, I think ties into mm -hmm. that because I do like to, whether it's my job or the comedy stuff, I like to work alone and then present it once I've had time to think about it. Okay. So that kind of is part of both. Yeah, that is I part of both. to decide what I think about something before I talk about it with other people so that yeah. I can be confident in what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Leslie, my yeah. friend, what do, you, what, what do you see jumping off the, the list of your strengths? Resourceful, pragmatic, and practical. I love Resourceful, that. pragmatic, mm -hmm. and practical. Persuasive, not easily discouraged. Mm -hmm. Can control emotions and emergencies. I am your girl. Yeah. If, if there is something going on that is a mess, I am your girl. And we're going to be even talking about that later as, fo as co following cholerics 
when there is an alarm. Absolutely. Or a fire. Yeah. Do not do, do start not... giving me any of your ideas. Just follow <laughs> yeah. me. Just oh follow me. Stay, <laughs> stay low. No, we don't she need any of your life, right? Yeah. None of your information. Yeah. Um, get it done. Articulates thoughts and ideas well. Wow. Um, and I'll tell you, I, a compulsive need for change. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about that. Tell me about that. You know, that. what's yeah. next? So as things are marked off your box, yeah. you can just go on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Persuasive. And not, not easily. Not easily discouraged. Wow. And you said that with some passion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what does that mean? Just, I won't stop. Mm -hmm. You know. So what's fascinating too is when we listen to Andrew and when we listen to Leslie and their stories, really even you putting together your jokes was a task. Sure. Right? It was a task before you were willing to put your name on it. Right? Mm -hmm. Or feel comfortable enough to step out on the stage. And then also, when you're listening to Leslie, task. Yeah. You know, the people are absent. And when they describe, <laughs> yeah, absent. Yeah. absent when they're That's describing. The yeah. yeah. That's part of the problem. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Nope, I got. Little sense, maybe a little more where your where your color is, where you're fitting. Those things that begin to, to resonate with you, and uh, this concept of, of colors really originated all the way back with uh, Hippocrates, the ancient uh, Greece in the 400 BC. And uh, Hippocrates, he basically used four different words. Let me put it here on the screen for you. Uh, he either said that you were a caloric, a sanguine, a, uh, a melancholy or phlegmatic, you remember these? And these are great words. The challenge is they're hard to say. I struggled with them even now and they're even harder to spell. So we've just dumbed it down to colors, right? The four colors that represent it, sometimes easier to communicate even with our kids as we get there. But as you see these more, they're driven kind of, again, you heard they're kind of in these four quadrants, right? Uh, extrovert on the top, introvert on the bottom, people on the right, task on the left, Right? These are the things that resonate. These are in your first responses, how you go as you think about those things. And uh, so trying to come at peace of, of where you fall within these. And I share that because for me, that's been a little bit of, if I could say my life journey, it's been this. This has been the challenge for me, right? It's sitting here at, at this point, looking into the mirror and trying to spend, I, I don't know about you, I've spent a lot of time and a lot of energy trying to be something that I was not. Wishing, wow, I wish I was more extroverted. Wish I was more driven. Wish I was more calculating. Wish I was this thing and that thing. And the problem is, as soon as our focus turns there and we begin to think about what we are not, we miss out on who we uniquely are. And who we uniquely are, God has created you that way for a unique purpose and a unique mission in your life. And my fear is, if we continue to sit in the mirror, and even as we put those four things up, for some of you, oh, I wish I was more that. But if you can sit here and continually look into the mirror and don't see you for who you are, but you continue to try to see yourself in who you want to be, you're going to miss it. I know that's true because we've seen it all throughout history. Think about the very first king of the nation of Israel. First king who was ever anointed king, was a man who stood in front of the mirror and missed 
who he really was, and in the missing of that, missed God's best for his life. Let me take you back to the story uh, there. 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1 and 2 says this, And there was a wealthy, influential man named Kish from the tribe of Benjamin. And he was the son of Abiel, the son of Zenoror, the son of Bacath, the son of Aphia, from the tribe of Benjamin. His son Saul was the most handsome man in Israel, head and shoulders taller than anyone else in the land. So who was Saul? The most, think about this, the most handsome man of all the men in the entire nation of Israel. Not only was he handsome, he was tall, head and shoulders above, total package. Old Testament, this is the bachelor. I mean, he is the guy you'd look at and say, I've got it on. So you would assume, right, Saul, with all these things going from him, he would just be beaming with confidence, self-assurance. He would know who he is and what God had called him to be. But let's go on. Verse 15. Now the Lord had told Saul the previous day, or Samuel, excuse me, the previous day, about this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him to be the leader of my people, Israel. He will rescue them from the Philistines, for I have looked down on my people in mercy and have heard their cry. They were crying for a king. Verse 17. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, this is the man that I told you about. He will rule my people. God had chosen Saul out of all the people, think about this, to be the very first king of the nation of Israel. So when Samuel comes down and anoints Saul king, I want you to listen to the self-talk that Saul says about himself. This is the most handsome, striking man in all of the nation. And yet when he stands in front of the mirror, this is who he sees in himself. Verse 21, chapter 9 there. And Saul replied, but I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Israel. My family is the least important of all the families of the tribe. Why are you talking to me like this, right? Can you see this? I mean, here's, here's Saul. Everybody's saying all these great things, and he's standing. And when Saul talks to himself, he says, listen, I am the least of the least. My family's from the smallest tribe. Of all the tribes, we are the most insignificant. Out of all the people, you, why are you choosing me? I have nothing to offer. Now, listen, we hear that on the surface, and we think, wow. Man, what a truly humble man. What a humble man that he wouldn't see himself as others see him. But can I remind you, we're going to see this morning that it's a false humility. Saul wasn't humble, he was insecure. There's a big difference between the two. Rather than being grateful for who God had made him and created him and placed him in such a point, a moment like this, we see Saul does what we do so many times, he begins to compare himself to others. Think about this, Saul, the, the king, the tallest, the most handsome, he becomes insecure. And if you're familiar with the story, he becomes insecure with a young man who is actually a teenager, a man with no status, a simple shepherd boy named what? David. And something about that comparison with David begins to create all of these insecurities in Saul. We go all the way down to chapter 18, verse 9. It says this, and Saul was jealous and did not trust David from that day on. And if you're familiar with the story, that insecurity, the, those false narratives drive Saul to the point that he even tries to kill David. 
and that very thought and the things that way that Saul treated David so impacted his legacy that thousands of years later, I'm standing before you today telling you about the first king of Israel and we're painting a different picture. Rather than one of the greatest who did amazing things, it's a story of, of insecurity that comes. Can you imagine how Saul's narrative and his legacy would have changed had he just had peace in his own heart? If Saul could have just stood before the mirror and saw who God had uniquely created him to be, the narrative on his life would have dramatically changed. If Saul could have got to the point because he was at peace with himself to celebrate David's victories, if he could have understood the principle that says this, listen, when people underneath you prosper, you prosper. Leaders, business owners, when people underneath you prosper, you prosper. Their victories become your victories and your legacy grows. But when you're not at peace with yourself, right? When you stand at the mirror and in a moment of honesty and vulnerability, you're telling yourself a, a different story. Others' accomplishments, others' giftedness. Can I even say to you, others' temperaments, they become a threat to you. And when you begin to spend your whole life looking and comparing and thinking about all the things that aren't what you want them to be in your life, can I just encourage you what you're missing? You're missing the opportunity for growth. You're missing for the potential that could be within you. And that certainly was Saul's story. Thought for today, comparison is always the enemy of contentment. You walk away with nothing more than that, right? But it's true. Comparison, it's always the enemy of contentment. And I know that in, in my life, right? I don't want you, I've had these seasons where I have lived in that kind of a deficit. When I've sat in the mirror and, and created a narrative, and in that deficit was no contentment. There was no joy about what I was feeling about who I was. Feelings like, listen, right? I'm, I'm the smallest of the small. I'm so small. Why would God use me? You have probably those kind of thoughts at different times, right? And some of the lies is a green, right? So I'm, I'm about as green as you can get when you go on the chart stuff. I'm about as high there. But these are some of the lies that if I'm not careful, I tell myself, right? I, I, I'm too introverted. I'm too passive. Uh, I'm held captive by the approval of other people. I have little to be offer. Probably more dynamic leaders should serve and step up and do those kind of things. Those are the lies that for me, when I stand in front of the mirror, that I continue, if I'm not careful, those are what I default to, right, by the weaknesses that I have. And when I think about those moments, and let's be honest, like how arrogant, what a false sense of humility all of those thoughts were, because it seems to imply this, that God really needs my giftedness, and God must really need my talent to do what God wants and so somehow I have placed myself in a level of importance. Does that make sense that way? And I'm always reminded, if God spoke through donkeys, he's gonna be able to use me wherever he wants to do. But I have this thing, right? If I was this, and some, some of you, he's still speaking through one. But you know, uh, you know, but if we're not careful, we have this false sense where we put ourselves like we matter that much. And God just wants to say, no, no, listen. I've spoke through all different things. Just be who I created you to be. I chose you for a reason. And I'm letting you be a part of the journey and the story if you'll just be at peace and be obedient. It takes so much pressure off there. I mean, that was Moses. Think all the way back through the Bible. Saul was that way. You think from Moses, 
God called him to lead the children out of Israel, and, and Moses may not have understood temperaments in his color, but Moses, in this moment, when God speaks to him, says, oh God, I wish I was more of a red. Please, look what he says. Exodus chapter four. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I am not very good with words. I never have been, and I am not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. And the Lord said to Moses, who makes the person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Right? Get over yourself. You're not that important to the story. God graciously chooses to use you where you have. Don't make yourself the, the center of the, of the whole story, right? He says, listen, now go. I'll be with you as you speak. I'll instruct you what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else, any other color. <laughs> then the Lord became angry with Moses. See, again, I think if we're not careful, when you and I, in a false sense of humility, begin to devalue and dismiss who we are and how God made us, we're really saying, just like Moses and Saul, God, you know what you're doing. Choose somebody else. I can't do this. I'm not good enough to be able to do this. God, you made a mistake, right? God, if I was just, I'm so loud. If I was just a little bit more introverted, I, I just, I'm a little much. Can you just kind of tame this down, right? Uh, Lord, if I was just better with people, I'm so great at task. If you would have just made me a little better with people, right, then I could focus on, send someone else. And that's really the goal of, of this series, right? Is I wanna help continue to define who God has uniquely made you and remind you that God didn't make your temperament by mistake. God made you exactly how he wanted to make you, to do exactly for the things that he's called you to do. Now, you're gonna have to be led by a spirit. We'll talk about that over the next few weeks, but you are the right person for what God has you. God had so uniquely created Saul. God had so uniquely created Moses to be the man for that moment, for that task. And if they would just have allowed God to work in their insecurities. If they would have had just a little bit more self-awareness, listen, the legacy of both these men would have been dramatically different. Certainly the endings of their life would have been dramatically different. And so what we're talking about today is, is so important. My fear is for some of you, because I've been in these places, you're living at a little less than God's best for your life because you continue to compare you continue to rationalize why you're not good enough or you're not wired the right way or God can't use you, God could use somebody else. Everybody else could do it rather than you. And listen, you're, you're sacrificing what God has for you to the best level. And so in this series, that's really the idea is to remind you of that. When we live in a deficit, here's the challenge. When we live in a deficit, the impact is so great. It's not only in our own lives, but it has impact in generations that follow us parents, grandparents. Like this truth is so important because if we're not at peace, it's hard to pass that peace on to the next generation. Let me give you an example. Ben, you forgot to bring the trash can up again. Oh, sorry, I was just I about to. why it's so hard for you to remember. You have to bring it up every single Tuesday. What, did you walk right past it? Come on, you don't even have that many. What is this? I was just uh, drawing something. Well, clean it up. I will. No, don't just say you're going to clean it up. Do it. Just, let me just finish. Let me just get it. 
that's my car. You can draw when you're finished with your chores. Right now, it's not time to play. It's time to work. Do what I asked you to do first. just the right way to do things. Now, do you want to do things your way or do you want to do things the right way? The right way, I guess. All right. Now get this cleaned up. Now. Hey, are you all done? What's wrong? Did he show you the comic book he was making you for your birthday? I think it was supposed to be a surprise. Well, he knows he's supposed to do his chores first. Oh, Dad! Dad, do you want to play my game? Uh, you know, I just have so much work to do right now, bud. I just really don't have time to play chess, okay? It will only take five minutes. Come on. I know chess. A good game can go on for hours. No, no it's not chess. I completely, completely made up my own rules. Come on. Uh, why would you want to make up your own rules? I mean, chess is a great game. Look, uh, the instructions are right here. Just, just look at that. Get you there. No, but Dad, I'm, I made up the entire game from scratch. Just let me show you how to play, okay? Look, chess has been around for a thousand years, okay? Now there's a strategy and order. Change the rules defeats the whole purpose of the game. Look, I'm gonna show you how to play really quickly, but then I have to work, okay? Alright, first of all, don't need Wait, what are, you, what are you doing with those? No, don't throw them away! It's just a bunch of paper, bud. You need to learn how to play the real game. Oh, and those? Are you kidding me? Alright, uh, let's see. Yeah, these aren't set up right. And I worked on those! And uh, that was so hard! Look, this is a rook, okay? It moves forward or backward. Never diagonal. Are you listening? Uh, this this isn't. Uh, this isn't very fun. Well, we haven't even started yet. <laughs> I know it's just that regular chess. It, it, it's so boring, and I liked my way better. Okay. Well, you can't just make up your own rules. I mean, there's just a right way to do things in a right order. Now, do you want to do things your way or the right way? <sighs> Right way, I guess. Right way, so you right way. All right. Now this is called a knight. Okay, now we got grab your stuff. We don't want to be late. What? You're leaving already? Yeah, we've got. I've got to go to summer camp. We've got an hour's drive ahead of us. <sighs> How many times did you play his game? Isn't it so much fun? He's been working all day on it. Okay. Say goodbye. Bye, bud. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, so that it may benefit those who listen. See, the power of these next four weeks as a series is not just for you. The, the power of this series is reminding that our words impact the people that we love the most.
So it all begins, right, where I wanna start today, it begins with the person that you see in the mirror, finding peace and understanding in who you are, embracing, I mean, genuinely embracing at your core, right? Who you are and who God has uniquely made you to be. And that God has made you uniquely for the purpose he has for you in your life. So in those moments for me, when I struggle and I stand at the mirror and I wonder, I try to replace the lie of my feelings with the truth of God's word. And Psalms 139, I read it to you today. If you made all of my delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well you know it. You watched me as I was being formed in the other seclusion. I was woven together in the darkness of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I cannot even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake, you are still with me. So whether you're red, or a blue, or a yellow, or a green, you are exactly who God formed you to be in your mother's womb. And so take hope in that, right? Don't be distracted by comparison. It's the thing that steals your contentment and your purpose quicker than anything. Over these next few weeks, just ask God, God, help me to grow. And here's the hard part. God, help me to see the blind spots in my life. So I'm a green. There are some things that I've got to trust the spirit with in my life. There are some areas I have to grow or it will cap me as a leader and an influencer. So God, what are those areas for you in your own temperament? And at the end, if we can accomplish that, we'll be again, as Ephesians 4 says, that we'll be able to use the words that are helpful for building others up according to their needs. And it will benefit those who listen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. As we jump into this series that's so core to who we are as people. I pray over these next few days, even this week, as we think about this idea of our colors and our temperament, that your spirit would just speak truth, that there would be honesty over the next two weeks as we talk about our strengths and our weaknesses in that, to just say, God, this is who I am. This is where I need you to, to close the gap. This is where I need you to give me some strength and some, some help. But God, in all these things, that we could just find a peace and a joy and a real purpose in who you have uniquely made us. And we're grateful for that. God, thank you that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you that you knew my days before they came and you created me to be exactly who you needed me to be for those moments. If I'll just surrender trust you in that. And we'll give you the glory for it. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Lex City Church podcast. If you would like to support ministries of Lex City, visit lexcity.church slash give. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at Lex City Church for more encouraging teachings and content.